Hello, and welcome to Are We There Yet? Market Scale's online video podcast that highlights the most exciting projects in transportation today. My name is Grant Harrell, and as your host, we'll speak with the voices of today's most exciting companies in transportation, everything from automotive to aviation, marine to space exploration. We'll learn truly what's at the cutting edge of transportation technology today. Topics within the Are We There Yet? series include head-to-head autonomous vehicle racing, your own personal air taxi service, ride sharing for kids, and your favorite hamburger delivered to the comfort of your home through your backyard. No, this isn't Star Wars. This isn't Star Trek. This is Market Scales. Are we there yet? And these exciting projects are happening today. We have a very exciting topic, and guests today are looking forward to learning more about Flytrex, the newest and most exciting company within drone delivery service today. And to speak with us about that, we have Yariv Bash, the founder and CEO of Flytrex, and also part of the founding team of Space IL. Yariv, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us here at Are We There Yet Today, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Grant. It's my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much. Well, yeah, Reeve, I, I would love to just begin with a question that I know is on many of our mm-hmm. minds here in Texas. We are, are very serious about our food in Texas, and I know uh, many of the audience members are very excited about the idea of having their favorite foods that delivered to the comfort of their own home. So would love to learn more and would love to ask you, Yariv, autonomous direct-to-consumer drone delivery service. Are we there yet? So yes and no, as uh, I think it was William Gibson, the author who said that the future is already here, it's just not evenly spread. So for uh, three towns in North Carolina, the future is already here. And people are ordering from Starbucks, McDonald's, Walmart, Target, and and other venues on a daily basis. And hopefully in a few weeks, in one of the suburbs of Dallas, we're going to have our fourth station. And whoever will be in range will be able to uh, order whatever they want to the comfort of their backyard. That's incredible. Well, we can't wait for that service. And as I mentioned uh, here in Texas, we're, we're pretty serious about mm-hmm. our food. I, I know that we love barbecue here in Texas. And so if I may, just to confirm, so let's say, for example, I'd, I'd like to order a, a pork sandwich from my, my favorite barbecue restaurant. So you're, you're telling us here today, Arif, that pigs can fly? Uh, to some extent, yes. The, the way that we work is that we, we set up our station in a shopping center, and then we start by servicing the different restaurants and retailers at that venue. So if that specific restaurant you're targeting is located in the same shopping center, then you can, you know, you can get it as fast as even faster than driving there. Wow. That's incredible. Even faster than driving there. Wow. You know, there, there was once a time here in the United States going back, you know, 20, 25 years where if you wanted food delivered to your home, you, you were pretty much limited to, to either pizza or, or Chinese food. Mm-hmm. That, of course, has all changed here in the United States and especially over the past, you know, five, 10 years now, uh, nearly every, every restaurant and, and type of food is, is available now for delivery to your home. We have, have enjoyed that, that type of service and, and now we're getting into drone delivery service, robotic uh, delivery service. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about what's drived uh, kind of this, this evolution within food and retail? Retail delivery and all of the wonderful options that are available now and the technologies that that are integrated into many of these companies. What's what's really driven, you know, all of these wonderful options that we have now and and, and a lot of the exciting technology behind these behind these companies? So I'd say that there are two things that have driven this. First of and foremost is technology. 
once you have your mobile phone, you can order just, you know, from the comfort of your house, just without even speaking with anyone. And the second, and I think even more important factor is the cost. Deliveries are prohibitively expensive. And that's, you've mentioned pizza or Chinese. And the reason we think that until now, or until a few years ago, it was only pizza and Chinese was that the cost of food was low enough so the margins could include a delivery service. Once you go to other kinds of, of meals, it's, it's a lot harder to deliver and still make a profit. So using technology, we, we already think that, but it's still pretty expensive. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the numbers. When you're making an on-demand order, then you pay a few bucks, but the restaurant can pay up to 30% of what you've ordered. And, you know, that's not sustainable. Restaurants do not make 30% margin on, on what they sell. And basically, drones are the, the next step in that evolution. It's almost an order of magnitude more affordable than using humans. And you can actually take that same human, that same courier, and if he has a driver's license, he is basically overqualified to operate our systems. And then instead of doing two deliveries per hour in the suburbs, he can make 10, 12, 15 deliveries per hour using our system. So it's it's wow. just a, a better way and a, and a faster way of, of delivering meals directly to your backyard. That's incredible. You, you touched on it a little bit, and one thing that, that I find most fascinating about uh, Flytrex's technology specifically is, is the fact that the drones, as I understand, are autonomously controlled. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit more about that? I think that that may come as a surprise to many audience members that, that would just assume you know, that these are remote controlled, as, as many of the drones that, that we're familiar with, but, but these certainly aren't. Can you tell us a little bit more about the autonomous technology but behind the, the drones and, and why that's important? So, yeah, when you look at them, they look like something that you might buy online or, you know, build in your backyard. But these are actually commercial airplanes that are being certified during a five-year process with the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. They're only allowed to be operated by commercial airliners. And it's very a very different machine than what you can buy online or at, at the store. And that's important because, you know, it's in everybody's interest to make sure that our skies and, and the ground stay as safe as they are today. So basically, there's always a human operator overseeing the system, but the drones themselves, they just fly in a completely autonomous way in any kind of a problem or in, uh, if there's any, any situation that requires a change, usually that's done autonomously by the system. And everything has been rigorously ex uh, tested by us and the FAA. And... That's the that's the only way that you can perform, you know, burrito deliveries for a reasonable price using commercial grade aviation machines. At the end, these drones have to be completely autonomous. We're talking about short range deliveries, high bandwidth and ultra affordable deliveries. So we have to design everything from scratch just to, you know, and focus specifically on that uh, market and, and that requirements in mind. And that way we've designed a system that just, you know, Usually the operator, all he has to do is watch a screen and just, you know, see everything working and not touch a, a button. It, it sounds like some amazing technology but behind your your drone specifically at, at Flytrex and, uh, of course, have, have quite a foundation in, in Israel behind Flytrex and also Space IL, um, the organization that you're involved in as well. As, as I understand, Israel really is a leader within drone technology development and in terms of, of exports even of, of drones is, mm -hmm. is, is a leader within the field. Can you 
tell us a little bit more about that and, and the importance of, of Israel really as, as a foundation for a lot of the technology uh, development and, and drones that, that we see in the market today. Sure. So for many years, Israel was actually the largest exporter of drones. We're talking mainly about, you know, uh, homeland defense and military uh, drones, but the know-how and the technology to build other kinds of drones have existed for many years in Israel. Currently, Israel, I think, is the second largest exporter following the U.S., but still you've got a lot of know-how, a lot of facilities, and basically the Israeli Civil Aviation Authority is familiar with drones and allows us to test here and so it's basically a great place to develop and, and grow the technology. But once you grow and the technology is ready, the, the largest by far market is the U.S. We're talking about roughly two-thirds of the U.S. population, more than 82 million single-family detached homes. So by far, you know, that's the best market in the world to start operating at. Very good. Very, well, we're very excited to have this technology here. I, I know that the Flytrax will be very successful in the U.S. market. And, and as I mentioned, I know us here in, in Texas are especially excited for this, this new service. Speaking of the service, you're not just limited to food service. I understand that uh, you have some great partnerships with organizations like Walmart and Target or, and are even getting more into the retail product delivery as well. Can you, you touch uh, a little bit on that and, and tell us more about not only just the food services, but the retail products mm -hmm. that you're delivering? and will in the, in the coming years as well. So uh, this relates to our vision as a company. And the goal is really to allow you to order almost anything you could imagine and get it for the same price in the store without any hidden fees or delivery fees and get it a lot faster than getting into your car and driving to the nearest shopping center. And as such, we, we will be able to deliver anything from that shopping center from groceries to pharmaceuticals, clothing, electronics, and of course, food. Maybe besides refrigerators and large screen TVs, but you know, 98% of things you'll be able to get in, in 15 minutes or less without leaving your sofa. And for us, we, we see that as the, uh, the vision for Flytrex. I go into your car and drive over there, spend you know, oil and fuel and, and your time. If you can get it for exact same price, and even faster than driving there. Definitely, definitely. The, the the faster than driving there, I think, is is an important point. I think that, you know, many audience members might think, well, this is a great service, you know, if not able to to make it to my my favorite restaurant or, you know, avoid traffic, you know, at the uh, the retail setting. But this idea of, of not only the convenience of it, but getting it faster than than we might even be able to get it ourselves, you know, driving to the local store is is especially exciting. Uh, correct. We fly at more than 30 miles per hour, but we fly at direct lines, stop signs, no traffic lights, usually no traffic. So let's say if you're two miles away, we'll probably be at your house after three or four minutes of flying. And you're going to get an estimated time of arrival down to the second or so. So it's, it's just, you know, a, a better service. Yes, yes, very much so. It, it definitely is. I know, as, as you shared, uh, have, have uh, active deliveries in, in Iceland, uh, North Carolina, I know has been, been a great market for Flytrex uh, coming very soon to Texas. Can you tell us a little bit more about your, your plans for geographical expansion here within the United States for, for Flytrex and some of the other you know, areas that might expect your service and, and just some of those overall plans uh, for the next couple of years? So uh, our goal is to open a few stations, uh, extra stations in North Carolina and in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. 
After that, we'll probably go for a third state, but that's uh, still work in progress. But really, the goal is to start expanding. And regulatory-wise, it's not a zero to one. We, we keep getting more approvals. A few months ago, we've uh, released that the FAA has given us approval to reach uh, one nautical mile with our deliveries. And we're looking forward to expanding that range. So each one of the stations we're opening will be able to service a growing amount of homes and, and families as we keep getting more approvals in the next few months. Very good. That's exciting. Well, I, I know that the, the world is ready for your service and, and especially in the United States. Great to hear of those uh, those types of expansion plans. So I know we're all very much looking forward to that. Would, would love to learn a little bit more about the experience of, of working with Flytrex. So let's say, for example, that, you know, I am, am, am in the mood for, for my favorite hamburger for a local restaurant that is, of course, partnered with Flytrex. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the consumer experience ordering food, say hamburger, for example, through Flytrex? Well, it's very similar to uh, how you do that today. Uh, you download the Flytrex app, you input your home address, and you immediately know if you're within range or not. And then you can select from the uh, different restaurants and venues that we have on our app and just place an order just like with any other app. And next thing you know, you've got a drone hovering above your backyard, lowering a package on a wire. We, we do not land. We hover just like in... Uh, the uh, virtual background behind me and the package gets automatically released the drone flies away and you can enjoy your meal wow sounds easy yeah <laughs> just Pretty five good. years of development and certification and uh, we make it easy Absolutely. Make it, make it very easy for us, the consumers. Well, I, I know we appreciate that. As, as we've discussed, you know, the, the drone delivery space is, is a very exciting sector right now. There's certainly a, a number of companies that are, are, are developing, you know, similar technologies. Mm -hmm. um, I'm especially excited about, of course, though, the, the advantages of, of Flytrex. Can you tell us a, a little bit more about some of maybe the, the technologies or, you know, service itself, but some, some of the things that, that differentiate Flytrex from, from some of the other companies that are in this space currently? That, that's a great question because there are a lot of drone delivery companies. As far as we know, we've got the largest home drone delivery service in the U.S., but there are always uh, more companies coming uh, around the corner. And it's, it's an interesting distinction. Let's look at ground-based deliveries. Let's say you're ordering a hamburger. Are you going to get it with a UPS truck or a FedEx truck? Most chances that's not going to happen. Even <laughs> though they are doing deliveries, they're not doing that exact kind of deliveries. And even if I buy UPS, a fleet of 100 scooters or bikes, they're still, it's a very different company. And it's the same with all deliveries. Uh, you need different vehicles and different companies for different problems. And there's a huge difference between a drone delivering a burrito to your backyard a few miles away and a drone delivering life-saving medical goods 50 miles away. Both are needed. Both are important. But these are very two different vehicles and companies. Uh, so there aren't too many companies that have said from day one that they're focused on home drone delivery with its set of, of problems and, and regulatory requirements. And Flytrex is about to be one of those companies. 
Very good. Very good. Well, it's a, a very exciting application to, to focus upon. And as I shared, I, I know that you'll be uh, very successful. I'd, I'd like to maybe switch topics for, for just a moment here because, because personally, I'm, I'm so fascinated with the, the work that you've completed uh, uh, in addition to Flytrex with, with Space IL. And, and you're a founding member of Space IL, very, very exciting organization, as, as I understand, and an organization that became the first private entity in history to reach the the moon that's secured uh, through your work with Space IL, uh, Israel's position, as I understand, is the seventh country to reach the moon, and and a very exciting project in and of itself. And I know that there's there's a lot of exciting plans uh, over the next couple of years uh, for Space IL. Can you tell us a little bit more about that organization and and your position as a founding member of, of the organization, and and what some of the the, the upcoming plans are for Space IL? With pleasure. So as as you've mentioned, uh, Space IL go was to send an unmanned space up to the moon. Broader vision was actually to impact every kid in Israel. Basically, is actually a not-for-profit, an educational not-for-profit that receives donations. And as such, we've reached every kid in Israel from kindergarten to the 12th grade with our programs. And the goal was to uh, really excite kids about science and engineering and space and create thousands or tens of thousands of new engineers and scientists for Israel in the, uh, the years to come. And we think we've done that, but we've also created a drama because, as you might know, we ended up landing a bit faster than expected, the 2,000 miles per hour instead of 10. So now SpaceL is actually working on a uh, triple mission. Instead of sending a, a single lander, SpaceL is sending a satellite that will have two landers on board. That satellite will be orbiting the moon and releasing two landers uh, that will be attempting to, uh, to land on the moon again. The moon is a harsh mistress, as they say. A lot of countries have tried landing on the moon. No one has succeeded on the first attempt, and Israel has joined that club of nations. But so far, only the United States, Soviet Union, and China have made it to the surface of the moon. Just, I think, a year ago, India tried landing on the moon, and a similar thing happened to them as happened to Space Air. Uh, but as you mentioned, the, the important thing here is that you know China... Russia, this, the Soviet Union, India, and of course the United States, they've all done this as nations, as, you can say as more as empires, and versus Space IL, which is basically a private not-for-profit that has done that with donations. And that was also one of our goals, to show that you can do deep space exploratory missions, not only as an empire or, or a state, but actually as a private entity. Uh, so that opens up a hatch for universities and other research uh, organizations around the world in, in pursuing deep space missions. And we're happy to be part of that uh, process, of the new space process that's happening in the past year or so, years, a few years or so. Definitely. What, a, what an exciting project and, and, and just a tremendous milestone to achieve that mission of, of being the first uh, private entity to reach space, I think, is, is such an incredible accomplishment. And, and as you shared, you know, many countries that uh, have been successful in doing that, you know, did so uh, as, as an empire and as a country. So to achieve that, you know, type of milestone as a private entity is, is really incredible. Can, can you tell us a, a little bit of, of just the background behind your involvement in, in Space L and uh, IL and, and how how this project really, you know, came about and, and how you became affiliated with it. We'd, we'd love to just learn learn a little bit more about, about that story of, of Space IL. With pleasure. So uh, back in 2010, I jumped to a friend's house. Back then I was working for the government as an electronics engineer. 
And I told him about a crazy idea to launch a rocket to the edge of space, just just for fun. Think about model rocketry, but you know, uh, gun gun wild. And uh, my friend told me, well, what about the uh, the Google Lunar X Prize competition? Uh, back then, it was a Google-sponsored uh, competition to send an unmanned spacecraft to the moon. The rules were pretty simple. The first team that lands on the surface of the moon, travels 100 meters, 300 feet or so, and send back, sends back images and videos, wins the largest prize that back then was ever given of $20 million. And, you know, we looked into it, and I told them, my friend, uh, his, his name is Elon, a bit like Elon, but an Israeli name. And I told him, yes. Elon, you're, you're crazy. Uh, that's, you know, that's a huge project to pursue. Fortunately enough for me, uh, Elon has a wide selection of scotch. And he lived nearby me in Tel Aviv. And I, as I stole the streets of Tel Aviv back home, it was like midnight or 1 a.m. I asked myself, well, if I do something like that, how should I name the, the team? And that, name, I re- that night, I registered the spacehile.com domain name. And I basically posted on Facebook, who wants to go to the moon with me? And a friend of mine who works for the Israeli aerospace industries, like uh, the equivalent of the uh, Israeli Boeing, uh, wrote me back, you're serious, uh, I'm in. And then another friend joined, and the three of us, a week after that, sat in a pub in the suburb of, in a suburb of Tel Aviv and started plodding away on a, on a napkin. I, I was fortunate enough to be the CEO, the first CEO and the co-founder of Space IL. Today I'm very much involved on the board level, but it's uh, been an incredible journey from you know, a, a napkin in a pub to uh, all the way to a, a mission that goes to the moon. Wow, that's an amazing story. And I think some of the, the, the best projects and, and developments, inventions sometimes come from those kind of wild, crazy ideas mm-hmm. and, and, and those initial sure. ideas that are, uh, that are sketched out on a napkin. And, and it sounds like Space IL was, was very much uh, one of those as well. So we, we certainly worldwide thank you for achieving that, that type of milestone. I know, too, that you have some very exciting plans uh, that, that you touched on a little bit, but, but over the next couple of years for Space IL, where, where do you see the organization going over, say, the next few years? You know, uh, tell us a little bit more about maybe this, this upcoming mission and, and the importance of that. We'd, we'd love to just get a, a little bit of an idea of what, what the future brings for, for Space IL. So Space IL's vision has always been to uh, excite kids by taking on almost impossible engineering projects usually related to space. And we, we you know, after the, the first mission, we really thought about what should be the next one. We ended up deciding that we want to go to the moon again, but this time pursue it in a, uh, in a bigger way. So instead of sending a single lander, we're going to send three spacecrafts, a satellite that will be orbiting the moon, and that satellite will be releasing two landers. So this time we're going to have two landing attempts. So if the first one fails, we'll be able to adjust before the, uh, the second attempt. And I, that's the first time that anyone has tried such a mission. And again, it's part of showing that you can do deep space missions for a fraction of the traditional cost and do that privately. So why send a single mission to Mars if you can send five more affordable missions to Mars simultaneously and then explore and research a lot more? on that single launch. It's now called the the new space, I don't know, the new space industry of showing that you can do space for a lot less and accomplish a lot more. So uh, SpaceL is now part of that effort. 
and we're uh, really excited about really excited about the next mission. And after that, you know, we might go to Venus or, or to uh, to Mars, to other to many, you know, to uh, very exciting targets in the future. But you know, we'll we'll it's one mission at a time. So currently, it's back to the moon, and then we'll think about what's next. Very good. Very good. Well, we're, we're so excited for that next mission and, and so excited to see what's next, uh, just as you shared. And it sounds like the, the children of the world are very much asking you and Space IL, are, are we there yet? And you're working very hard to, to get there as soon as possible, it sounds like. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Well, and, and really love to hear, you know, just the importance of, of educating the, the children of the world and and with what seem like impossible engineering a task to show them that it, it is and it, and it can be a reality and that, that those dreams can can really happen. So so very uh, exciting to hear that. Are there are there synergies at all in, in terms of the technology or some of the, the team members or your development of Flytrex through some of your work with Space IL? Any any synergies between the two organizations? organizations or or just completely separate from one another they're pretty separate but the uh i'd say that the culture and and the mood are similar mm-hmm. how can we solve that problem how can we solve that in a reasonable way in a cost-effective way how can we reach something that's considered you know the future and do that now and make it economically viable so both projects share that same reasoning on and problem solving it's like uh, a friend of mine said, it's like play, playing 3D chess in, in, in 10 dimensions. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. the regulations, you've got the safety, you've got the engineering, the, the, the unit economy, the entire, you know, how do you produce that and make sure that it's viable, the, the operational aspects. And you have to fine tune everything end to end in order for it to make sense and be a service that people will enjoy using and will be a service that's uh, a lot more affordable than what we have today. Definitely. Well, it, it is. It, it makes a lot of sense. And and uh, we're very excited for it and glad to hear it. there there are some synergies there in terms of the culture and achieving those seemingly impossible tasks and and certainly demonstrating with with both as well that that with technology today, not necessarily to to have the the manned space missions as 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 we once knew and and very similarly on on delivery service, uh, not necessary, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to have a human being in, involved in that. And so just very much demonstrating where where technology has developed and the ability for it to uh, complete those those very important tasks and and missions you know at our control so definitely sounds like some some very interesting synergies there I know that many of our audience members out there uh, representing some of the most exciting companies within transportation today will be very curious uh, the the podcast today will be posted first to marketscale.com which is is the leading business to business media platform and so I know that uh, many of the audience members representing these exciting companies will be very excited to to learn more about how to support each of the these organizations. Can you, you tell us, you know, how how best to to reach out to each of these companies to learn more and explore opportunities, maybe to support some of your efforts with with both Flytrex and and Space IL. Sure, with pleasure. So both Flytrex and Space IL have their own websites and uh, Facebook pages, and uh, we're responsive on on both the websites and fly and uh, Facebook. So. Just feel free to contact us on uh, your favorite platform. 
Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. I, I know we we certainly will. Would would love to to give you an opportunity as as I mentioned, uh, market scale, uh, leading business to business platform. And so I know that uh, your organizations with within each project, and maybe start with Flytrex first, and then maybe move to to SpaceL if you'd like. But would love to to give you an opportunity to to provide credit to to some of the organizations, some of the partners that have enabled uh, these exciting projects to happen. Would you you care to to share with with the audience? You know any any of the other mm-hmm. organizations or partners, you know, say that are involved with with Flytrex's uh, impressive efforts here in recent years. Yeah, sure, with pleasure. So with Flytrex, you know, we've been having an amazing partnership with the North Carolina Department of Transportation, the NCDOT. They've been real partners, and with the FAA, it's you know the amount of resources and time the FAA is dedicating, not just with Flytrex but with the different companies, to making sure that this becomes a reality in a safe way. We've been working with regulators all around the world and we haven't seen anything like that. So uh, it's really thinking about this in a big way. Usually in other places around the world, you you see some drone deliveries to some extent, some, you know, a press release, a marketing stunt. The local authority will be giving so, a, a specific waiver or an exemption for a specific date or a time window. But the FA is really thinking big about how can this be a day-to-day service throughout the U.S.? And it requires a lot more effort and resources and time on their side to make this a reality. So uh, two amazing partners. Our local operators are Cozy Aviation on the ground in North Carolina and soon in Texas. And again, amazing partners to have. Uh, with Space AL, at the end, it's, it's all about the incredible partnership we have with the Israeli aerospace industries and some of our major donors. We, we have amazing people like Maurice Kahn, who's one of Israel's leading philanthropists. It's an amazing story. When we just got started, we approached the chairman of the Israeli Space Agency. Now think about three young engineers approaching the chairman of the Space Agency, writing him, mm-hmm. dear professor, uh, we'd like to speak with you about sending an Israeli spacecraft to the moon. <laughs> and wow. he accepted us to a meeting. And wow. he's a very Israeli guy. It's, it's a bit like a Texan guy. He, he, was, mm. he was like, guys, that, that's your plan. That's not going to work. That timeline is way off. The budget's not right. Everything's wrong with your plan. But I think you have a chance. I'm going to support you. And I want you on stage uh, a month from now in my annual conference. Wow. And sure enough, a month after that, we were on stage. Speaking uh, in the audience, you had the deputy administrator of NASA, the chairman of the European Space Agency, you know, visitors from all over the world. And we were blurbing our, you know, half-baked plans on stage. And when we got off the the stage, we were approached by uh, someone who sat in the audience and he was like, oh, you're the space health guys. Do you have any money? And we told him, no, we we just got started. And then he said, I'm going to give you $100,000 to start. And that was Maurice Kahn, our, our first large donor. And ah. he's since then invested tens of millions of dollars uh, or donated tens of millions of dollars to SpaceL and is with us to this day. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's that, that approach of how we can make that work and not why it's going to fail has brought us to where we are with basically with, with both Flytrex and SpaceL. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. So that wild, crazy, out there idea, it sounds like uh, attracted some in- incredible individuals and, and organizations very 
early on and and mission accomplished. You've you, you've done some incredible things and and have really demonstrated that this this isn't a crazy idea. This this is very much a reality. And and you and the team have certainly demonstrated that through through the accomplishments of that that you've made so far. So very impressive and 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 great story. Really really appreciate you you sharing that with audience members as well. So yeah, Reva, I just want you to know what what a pleasure it's been to to have this conversation with you today. And as I mentioned, very excited to have Flytrex serving us here in Texas very soon. And as you continue to grow throughout the United States, I, I know that Flytrex will be very successful. We'll also be anxiously uh, watching progress with Space IL and very excited for that next mission and for what we know will be some milestones that, that you'll continue to uh, accomplish uh, within the space exploration industry over the next few years. So we certainly wish you the, the best of luck uh, with that. And uh, thank you so much for your time today uh, within the Are We There Yet video podcast series. As I shared, we'll have this posted to uh, marketscale.com very soon, uh, in addition to all of the major podcast platforms, so audience members uh, can expect that to be uh, prepared shortly. And uh, Yoriv, thank you so much for your time today, an incredible story. Thank you, Grant. It was a pleasure, and we're looking forward to servicing as many Texans as we can. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we're excited. Looking forward to it. So, well, very good, Yariv. Well, I hope you enjoy the remainder of your today. Again, best of luck with, with both projects, and uh, thank you again. Thank you.